Blog Talk Radio. Welcome this Thursday. I'm just switching it up a little bit on you today. We still have Saturday show uh, for this Saturday, but had to move last Saturday show to Thursday, and Lisa was gracious, uh, our guest, uh, to accommodate that. But I want to welcome all of you to Blog Talk Radio's Off the Shelf for this Thursday, March the 16th, and the sun is streaming in through the window, and it is absolutely a gorgeous, gorgeous day. I thank you for being here with me, as I always do, and I want to tell you that it is it's absolutely wonderful to have you here with us. For those who are tuning in for the first time, I want to introduce myself. I'm your host, Denise Turney, coming to you live from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And again, I thank you for your support, and I encourage you to get a copy of my latest book, Long Walk Up. It's a very inspirational story about a young girl who's orphaned in, in East Africa, and she goes through so many challenges and twists and turns in her life and goes on to become the first woman president in the continent. You can pick up a copy of Long Walk Up today by visiting www.chistelchistell.com where you never have to pay shipping and handling. Or you can pick up a copy of Long Walk Up at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Borders, any bookstore. And if you don't see it on the shelf, just ask the clerk for a copy of Long Walk Up by Denise Turney and they can order a copy for you. And, of course, you can get it at any of the online sites as well. And now on this very gorgeous, gorgeous Thursday, it's really beautiful, and I'm glad that it stays lighter and longer outside now that we set the clock for it. I'm honored to bring to you our very, very special guest. She has been on before, so this is her second time on Off the Shelf, and we're delighted to have her on again. She is the author, Lisa Watson, and she is the author of the books Switch, uh, reu- the Reunion, Watch Your Back, and her latest is Interview with Love. And she's going to discuss her books in an upcoming, uh, a large upcoming romance writers uh, convention that's coming up in Los Angeles the first part of April. So tune in for that. Those of you who want to attend that event and authors and readers who are interested, you can learn a lot about it through today's show. Lisa was nominated for an AFRAM Af- Festival Literary Book Award. And that is a huge, because I've attended it, it's an absolutely huge cultural event that takes place in Virginia each year where thousands and thousands of people come out. And Lisa, uh, other work that Lisa has contributed to, uh, namely an anthology, is Love is Blind, and that earned its way onto Essence Magazine's bestseller list. So she's quite an accomplished author. Lisa Watson is online at www.lisawatson, spelled the way it sounds, L-I-S-A-W-A-T-S-O-N.com. Welcome again to Off the Shelf, Lisa. Thanks a lot for having me, Denise. It's such a pleasure to have you here with us on this Thursday uh, Thursday morning, 11 o'clock. So thank you for being here with us again. Um, I just want some of the questions that I'm going to ask you will be some that I've asked from the previous interview, and some will be new because I'm not sure how many of our listeners didn't get to uh, uh, connect with you the first time that you were on the show. And some, some of might sound familiar as we have many, many loyal listeners who tune in each sure. week. I want to talk about your books, and you, you released your new book in 2010, which is Interview with Love, but I also want to start before that talking about some of your previous books. And, uh, okay. Your, your, for, for our listeners who go over to lisawatson.com, even as the interview is taking place, you can follow along with some of the excerpts that she has at her website that we talk about on the show uh, so you can become even that more deeply engaged in an interview. But there's a character in Watch Your Back, uh, and and I remember doing the first interview when I was researching for this. Her name is, is I hope I'm still saying it right, Jade? Is it it's Day actually Jade. Is it? Jade. Oh, Jade, Jade, Jade. She seems so focused on business, and I know that a lot of us are, you can get so focused on one thing that it's almost as though that's the only thing that exists in your world. How does this incredible focus on business impact her relationships, and why did you create her with such a strong business focus? Um, well, her relationships, uh, you know, her strong dedication to work affects her relationships quite well, <laughs> except for the relationship that she has uh, with our hero, Devin Mitchell. Uh, she 
she was the the big thing starts from her being promised the job of director of the art gallery uh, that she works for in Washington D.C. and uh, she had every indication that the job would be hers. And she had worked hard. She was actually in the position as the acting director when the director left. Uh, so she, you know, gets this call from uh, the head office, so to speak, to schedule this meeting. And so she's thinking, oh, okay, well, this is, you know, what I've been waiting for. This is going to make, you know, me being the director official. So literally when she goes into this meeting, she's thinking, you know, you know, she's going to get offered this job, and then, you know, not only does she find out that the job has been promised to Devin, she also finds out uh, after a few encounters after that dreadful meeting that uh, not only has he taken her job, he doesn't really know what it is he's doing. So that's like, you know, the second slap in the face for Jade, and, you know, that kind of drives the the animosity between the two of them for a lot of the, you know, the book, because she's trying to figure out why is this guy here? Why, you know, does he have my job, especially when he doesn't know what he's doing, knows nothing about it? And, you know, hmm, you know, she seems that, you know, she wants to keep digging until she finds out the real reason why he's there. She has no idea um, until much, much later uh, that things definitely are not all what they seem. Why is she so, why did you create her? To be so uh, business focused, How, do, do you, did you like grow up around a lot of women who were that business focused, or what? what, what Not that you focused. I, I, I kind of wanted her to be extreme um, because I, you know, as I was sitting here thinking, you know, I was just trying to come up with the premise of the book and you know how I wanted my characters to be. I kind of just wanted Jade to be over the top and so just focused on you know, what she did, she loves what she does, she's good at what she does. And so I wanted to, you know, I mean, I mean, everybody knows somebody at one point in time in the corporate arena that's actually had a job uh, that they were very good at and then, you know, find out, you know, they want to advance up uh, to, an, you know, another mm-hmm. position and then to get passed over uh, for someone that, you know, may not be as well-suited as them, but for various reasons, they're in the job. So that was kind of like a big rub for her, you know, and that kind of fueled, you know, the tension between the two of them uh, because she had no idea of Devin's background. She had no idea of the big picture and why he was really there, uh, which made it even worse because, you know, here he is telling her, you know, I know you don't believe this, but, you know, I'm the best person for this job, and, you know, she's like, you're right, I don't believe it, you know, based on what I've seen. So it's not necessarily that I know people that have, have, have come across such a, you know, determined and focused person, but more so, you know, I wanted the what if factor. What if, you know, she was good at this? And what if she, you know, really was just dogmatic in the fact that she needs to uncover why this guy took her job? So, you know, because it, it was very personal for her. Does uh how two questions? How long had she been at the firm, and is there an element of uh I, I I sense the you know in your writing skill the mystery there? Is there also an element of um, gender discrimination? A guy comes in and takes this qualified woman's job. Do you deal with that in the story? And again, I'm just curious myself. How long has she been working in the position? Thinking she was going to at the company, thinking she was going to get promotion. Was she there just like five or ten years? Was she devoted no, like almost all of her career? No, it wasn't all of her career. It was just kind of really just a few years. There was a director there already, an Italian guy named Paolo Gambrini. He was actually the director, so she was kind of under him. So he was kind of her mentor, and so you know she was being groomed so to speak and you know she's very good at what she does she had the you know the educational background and the experience and the internships to be able to do the job well and she has a passion for art um so you know he kind of saw that and she you know did superlative work up until you know that point and so when he left he ended up moving back to Italy uh you know he named her as his replacement and you know, actually, the paperwork had gone through, and you know, she, you know, he, he gave her kind of like the, 
you know, off the record, so to speak, hey, this job is yours. So she was excited. She was, you know, out and about picking out a new suit. She was, you know, really looking forward to this meeting because this was going to kind of get the ball rolling, and then the carpet literally just gets yanked out from under her. So this, this situation can happen to anybody. I wasn't, you know, it turns out that, you know, it looks a little discriminatory, but it was, you know, more so, you know, placing Devin at that place at that time because he had a job to do as well, a job that she knew, you know, knew nothing about. And, you know, the underlying motivation for him is not to steal her job. It's, you know, to be there at that place in that time to get what he needs to wow. get done. Wow. So you, you are <laughs> hanging those, dangling those teasers for our off-the-shelf uh, listeners to go out and get a copy of Watch Your Back. And that's a very... Um, <laughs> Very, very good title. Now, we know Jade's in the story, and the, the director who's moved back to Italy who told her and the paperwork was going through that she had its position. Then this other guy, Devin, shows up on the scene. Who are some of the other characters that our off-the-shelf listeners should know about as they as they sit here and think about, should I or should I not get a copy of Watch Your Back? Who are some of the other characters that drive the story forward? Okay. Um, well, one of the people – I love all my secondary characters. I really had a very good time writing them and their in their dynamic. And the one thing throughout the book that's constant is the 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 big huge dedication to family and loyalty and that kind of drives a lot of my characters. Devin's dad, Sterling Mitchell, is in the book. Uh Devin actually works for his father at their family company in Chicago, Illinois, when this you know, when this uh story starts and you know his father is very very into the family dynamic nothing is more important to him than family and so he's a very strong character he's a very you know family oriented character as is Devin's mother Avon Um, now Avalon is 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 you know of course she's she is is you know a strong character as well and she you know, has no problem getting things done and keeping people on their toes. Um, so she's, you know, also another character that I really did like and I had a good time writing. And then there's also Devin's uh, best friends, Xavier and Lucinda. Xavier has some really deep probing issues that I will not, you know, divulge, but, you know, things are not what they seem with Xavier. Um, uh. And you see that as things go along in the book. And Lucinda is, you know, Devin's best friend. They've been best friends since childhood. So when, you know, she's kind of like uh, a little bit abrasive, um, but she's fiercely loyal to those that she loves and cares cares about. And then, of course, there's Christy. Wow. Um, they... Jade's friend, and she's, you know, of course, loyal to Jade, and she's also trying to get Jade to loosen up, to kind of just, you know, you know, relax. Jade's got, you know, a little, you know, underlying issues herself that, you know, Chrissy's trying to get her to kind of blow the cobwebs off, so to speak. So, I mean, all of the characters in the book are are there to kind of support the main characters in various ways, and they kind of offer insight and strength and loyalty um, which I think really makes it a great dynamic. Wow. And just you talking about your story, you know, you ask authors about their books, you definitely know your characters and you know your story. And, you know, just the comment that these uh, seem like these these characters, not the major but the minor characters, how you've developed them to support the major characters. You can hear the, the, the author, the, the your skill coming through. Now, I want to talk about off the market. There's a character in Off the Market, Adrian. Uh, is this a, is this like a player? Is this somebody who takes relationships almost like they're a game and let's see who can win the most? Is this is this this type of personality? Adrian is another very strong character. He again uh, is a professional. He's good at what he does. He owns his own real estate company. He is not really one to be um, big on emotional entanglements. Uh, his thing is that he enjoys the finer things in life. He enjoys going out, having a good time. He enjoys, you know, female company. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a game per se. He is is big on letting women know up front 
what's going on. He's never, you know, secretive about what he does and how he does it. It's always, you know, he meets a lady, they go out, they have a good time, but, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean things are going to last. And for Adrian, he really doesn't have any lasting relationships. So, you know, that his his main goal is just to, you know, enjoy life, but work comes first with him also. Uh, so work first, you know, you know, the serious relationship much, much later. That, of course, does not sit well with his mother, Norma Jean Anderson, who's, you know, really trying to, you know, get him settled down, get him married, get herself some grandbabies, and just Adrian is not going along with her plan at all, and he's making it really difficult for her. <laughs> and so she really goes out of her way to try to match make him but he's like, look, Mom, the last woman you matched made me for was staring at my Rolex more than me. So, you know, yeah. he's just like, just stop matchmaking. It doesn't work out. You know, her, his friends even call her the love broker. Um, and they make <laughs> jokes at Adrian's expense about his mother and her, you know, matchmaking schemes gone awry. So, you know, I had a, a really fun time writing Adrian, too, because, you know, he's at his wits, and his mother is just really – you know, taking him around the block a few times, and he is really just bent on, look, just stay out of my personal life, I will be happy. But she's not taking that for, you know, an answer, now, not at all. Now, Lisa, you know, you read romance novels, and one of the things that people will uh, ding romance novels for is that they'll say, you know, even though there's conflict in the story and struggle uh, and the, none of the characters are perfect, they all have their strengths and their weaknesses, which the reader can clearly see, But although the characters might not be aware of it, even if other characters in the story are. It's almost a, with romance novels, people almost think, but they always, they turn out in a way that in real life it just never goes that way, or very rarely does. Now, Adrian, to me, and you said he, he just doesn't want the emotional entanglement, but he came across to me like a guy, just a player. He's just in it for, okay, long as it feels good to me, and he's, he's up front with the women, like you said, but he's like, I ha, I'm not investing anything in this relationship. I'm just here to, to have a good time, and that's it. And as long as we're both yeah, clear and, about and I mean, that. Yes, that is really Adrian, and one of his friends, his best friend, actually comments. He's like, you know, I, I can't wait, you know, for love just to kick you in your butt. I can't wait for you just to find that one woman that will completely knock you on your butt because everything to Adrian thus far – has just been like, you know, don't have time, you know, just, you know, out to have a good time. And he's not looking for emotional entanglements. He's not looking for, you know, a, a lasting girlfriend that can turn into, you know, something more down the line. That's just not where his head's at, you know, in, you know, in the story to switch. And I'm actually working on Off the Market right now. And so, you know, it's, ah. I, I'm working on that one right now. Hopefully we'll be finished that in a few months. But, you know, he's going to come across some real challenges, you know, where he has to unthink some of the things that he's thought up to this point and just, you know, st take a step back and, you know, look at what's really important to him and, you know, how that affects him and the people around him. Now, Lisa, do you think from your own personal experience, do you think – that it is possible for our off-the-shelf listeners, I have my own views about this, but do you think it's possible for somebody who's, because we, we, it takes about 30 days to form a habit, and it's not always so easy to unbreak these habits. They can be habits for what we eat, drink, for our lifestyle, uh, like Adrian has a certain lifestyle. Do you think it is possible after spending years in this no emotional entanglements, I'm just in it for the fun for me, and I'll be I'll be upfront with the people I'm involved with and let them know that. Do you think it's possible for for a person? I don't care if they meet the right person or not to actually stop that and settle down into a long term loving relationship. You think it's, have you seen somebody do it? And you think it's possible? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think anything is possible. Um, even people that have specific uh, ingrained habits. You know, if you pose a question to somebody, look, you either do this or you know, these are the consequences. I'm not saying 100% of the time somebody's going to go, oh, okay, let me go do that. But, I mean, I think anything is possible, especially when you're posed with the right stimulation, um, especially when, you know, you, say, for instance, in Adrian's case, you know, Adrian is not, you know, 
don't get me wrong, he is not going to do a complete 360, you know, in Chapter 2. But, you know, it's a progressive, you know, thing where he realizes that, you know, and, and I think a lot, and then too, because of Adrian and his mother's dynamic, a lot of this stuff is just rebellion. You know, he, you know, doesn't want to get any entanglements because, you know, his mother goes out of her, you know, way so much so to fix him up. And, you know, he's just like, look, this is, you know, stop. And, you know, he's at his wit's end because it's like, you know, what can I do to get her to just completely stop it? I mean, he even tried, you know, just ditching his blind date and not showing up, and that ended up, you know, working out great, but not, you know, necessarily for him per se. And so, you know, that you see a little bit more of, you know, that and off the market, you know, where he gets ribbed about that a bit too, um, about the last date his, you know, mother tried to fix him up on with disastrous results for him. Um, but yet, you know, a learning experience. So anything is possible, Denise, and I think that if somebody wants something enough and it matters enough, they're at least going to try to make that effort. If you make one effort, you can make two. If you make two, you can make three, and so forth and so on, to get you moving down, you know, the path that ultimately is the best one for you. Wow, wow. And he's an interesting Character, there are a lot of men out here like him. I have my views about that, but I keep them to myself. Uh, <laughs> just be curious, off the shelf listeners, if they've ever seen somebody who lived that lifestyle and then stopped. And I mean permanently stopped. Not stopped for a few years, but permanently stopped. I, I, I'd be curious. Uh, you should have you ever seen that movie business with, and drop um, me a note and let me know. <laughs> yeah, if anybody, you know, have you ever seen that movie? I think it's called uh, Two Can Play That Game with Vivica Fox and Morris Chestnut in it, I believe. Uh, the two of them start out, you know, everybody's, you know, got their own games and they've got their own, you know, this is how things go and this is the order in which they go. And everybody's fine and dandy playing that game until, you know, eventually both of them wake up and go, you know, that's not necessarily the game, you know, they want to play for the rest of their lives, you know, and they discover that, you know, as time goes on and as things start not working out the way they anticipated or the way they wanted or the way or by the book like they thought it should go. Um, so it really, it really just depends. But definitely, you know, I think there's a difference between, you know, people just being carefree and people just specifically going out of their way to be a dog. Adrian's definitely not a dog, per se. He's not going to purposely go out and just rake women over the coals because he can. That's definitely not what he's about. Okay, okay. See, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about Adrian. I'm sure our off-the-shelf listeners' interest is being piqued to find out more about this character. Before we move on and talk about your latest book, I wanted one more question about uh, 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 Adrian. What is it about, uh, was it Milan Dixon that captures mm-hmm. Adrian? He's been with all these other women. What is it about her? And he's a man who, uh, and I've heard men say this, one reason that it's hard for men to, to, I mean, it's not so hard for a man to get married, but it doesn't mean he's going to be monogamous while he's married. And men say it's very easy to cheat, and the wife just is none the wiser. But when a guy has women there that he can fool around with and say, hush, hush, it, 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 that's when it's hard to see that a guy could stop doing that. What is it about Milan Dixon that captures Adrian's attention and causes him to do what is seemingly almost impossible when I see many men not do that? What is it about her? Well, first of all, they their first encounter is definitely volatile. It and it's definitely not what, you know, probably either one of them expected. You know, Milan was, you know, there you know, he he just sees her, and the moment she says out of her mouth that his mother sent her to see him, he automatically assumes it's another setup. He automatically assumes, yeah. oh, gosh, this is a, here's, here's my mother again trying to be a matchmaker, and that's actually not why she was there at all. And so she sees a little bit of this arrogance coming out in him, and she sees that, you know, he is a little unhinged and just thinks he knows everything and the way things are, and it just annoys her because, you know, she's like, first of all, you know, she just literally 
you know, puts him in his place and, you know, curses him out in two different languages. She's, you know, half Spanish, you know, and African-American and Cuban. So, you know, he's like, okay, it's not even 10 o'clock in the morning yet, and I've been cursed out in two different languages. You know, so he realizes the extent of his mistake after she slams out of his office, you know, and throws, you know, you know, what she has to say in his face. And then he realizes that he needs to get a handle on this whole, the, the way he reacts to thinking about his mother trying to set him up and, you know, his mother trying to, you know, blind date him to death. So she is, first of all, intelligent. She is a strong, intelligent woman. Um, she's not one to put up with, you know, just typical BS. She's not going to do that at all. And when she sees that, you know, in her opinion, she's like, you know, here's this guy, he's spouting off this stuff, he's unprofessional, he is, you know, you know, ridiculous. And so mm-hmm. that kind of gives him pause, you know, and then he realizes she is intelligent, she is smart, she is, you know, a lot of different things, none of which, you know, yes, she's beautiful, but that's not what intrigues him about her at all. You know, that's just, you know, oh, yeah, that's just like air, you know, floating through. But she 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 captivates him in a way that is not just your typical eye candy type of type of way. Okay. She really challenges okay. him intellectually and she's not gonna let him get an inch. You know, so he tries to do the whole suave thing, you know, to apologize and this that and she's not having it. She's like, If it's not genuine, I don't need to hear it. You're wasting my time and your time. So okay. it's not easy for him. It's not like she's just going to swoon at his good looks and his, you know, suaveness. Not at all. I don't make it that easy for him at all. <laughs> oh, wow. So she, okay, okay. Very interesting, The, the uh, these two characters, his background and her background and these two coming together and the mother with the blind dates and he's automatically assuming this is another one of those, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's, it looks like Milan is... And I'm sure he's gone out with a lot of other intelligent women, as men in these areas tend to do, but there's something about her that is very different. When did you sit down, Lisa, and write Interview with Love, your latest title that's Uh out? When did you sit down and and write this book, and how long did it take you to finish Interview with Love? Um, Actually, I I started this almost immediately after I finished Watch Your Back. Um, So I gave myself like two weeks to decompress and do absolutely nothing as far as writing goes. Two weeks? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I didn't do anything. I didn't go near a a computer. I didn't go near nothing, nothing work-related, you know, as far as writing goes. And so then I had to start on this because I was on the deadline, and this was, you know, the second book that I had to, to write. So, for me, Watch Your Back took a long, long time because I started, stopped, started, stopped, started, stopped. But Interview with Love is like the first uh, novel that I actually sat down and just didn't stop until I was finished. So that took like a couple of months, and that, for me, was saying something because, you know, that was literally me going to work, you know, because I work full time, me going to work, coming home, getting the family situated, and then just writing. And it was, you know, every night, every you know, evening, every weekend, every minute that I wasn't doing something for family and work, I was writing. So that was a serious deadline for me because um, I don't by nature write that fast and that, you know, consistently. So, well, kudos to you. Before we do wrap up the show, I do want you to read an excerpt from Interview sure. with Love. If you'd be kind to, but before we do that, without giving a story away, can you just give us a brief synopsis? Of interview sure. with love. Okay, well, the story focuses around a no-nonsense consumer psychologist, Sienna Lambert. She moderates focus groups to assist her clients with marketing their products. Um, her newest client, Dexter Clothier, has developed this state-of-the-art men's undergarments called Best Kept Secrets, uh, which become more comfortable the longer they're worn. So Sienna's job is to interview men from all professions and walks of life to get their opinion on the line. Um, and then she meets adrenaline junkie Von Devereaux. Um, he takes her breath away, literally. After they have a run-in at a client softball outing, you know, Sienna just assumes that he's one of the new models for the clothing line, but he tells her no. In fact, he's the creative director at the company that's advertising the line. 
and he jokes that he leaves the modeling in the very capable hands of his younger brother, Pierce, a retired football player. So at first, you know, Sienna keeps her distance uh, when she finds out that he, too, works for her client, but Vaughn's fun nature and zest for living, you know, eventually prove too irresistible to ignore. So Sienna's once calm and predictable life gets turned upside down when Vaughn sets out to show her that sometimes life is better when you experience it instead of researching it. Oh, okay, okay. Could you please read us an excerpt uh, from Interview with Love? If you need more time, just let me know. Uh, but if you are ready now to read a, yeah. a, an excerpt for Off the Shelf Listeners from Interview sure. with Love. Okay, so uh, this is going to be from Chapter 5 uh, called The Pitch. Finally, Vaughn grumbled, eyeing his coworker. We were about to send up a flare signal. Sorry, I had to go back for the wasabi, he retorted, unloading the heavy bags on the table. Good thing I checked before I'd driven all the way here. We are eternally grateful Vaughn helped unpack the brown bags of plastic containers. His team swarmed, swarmed around the conference room table, opening and closing and passing food around. Hey, who got the dragon rolls? Me, a woman replied, stepping around the table to intercept him. You're parting with at least one of those, he informed her. After a few minutes of chaos, everyone was seated at the table eating their sushi. Sitting at the head of the table, Vaughn dipped his spicy tuna roll in a mixture of wasabi and soy sauce. He popped it into his mouth and chewed a few seconds before speaking. So, we're ditching the seated to believe it print and TV ads in favor of the one with multiple guys going through their day wearing best-kept secrets. Vaughn stood and pointed to the storyboards in order. The guy with the imagination seated, seated at his desk all day. The one washing windows 50 feet in the air. The race car driver. The Alaskan fisherman. The EMT guy in the ambulance working to save someone's life. The missionary in the Costa Rican rainforest. The common theme between them is their need to be comfortable. They have to be prepared for anything. They don't want to have time to worry about whether or not their underwear are riding up into their, excuse me, Mr. Devereaux, there's someone here to see you, a woman called from the conference room door. Vaughn glanced at the clock hanging on the nearby wall. It was after 8. Okay, he said, popping the last, uh, lowering the last picture. Guys, you everyone keep working on the copy. I'll be back. He followed his associate into the reception area. When he saw who it was, he stopped short. You're almost the last person I expected to see. Sienna had stood up when she saw him enter the reception area. Sorry to bother you when you're working, she said stiffly, but I need to speak with you. It's rather important. Vaughn walked up to her. Sure, follow me, he said, guiding her down the hall. How did you even know where my office was or that I was still here? I Googled, she informed him. When someone picked up, I asked if you were still there. She told me you were in a meeting, so I figured I'd take a chance. As she walked silently behind him, Sienna couldn't help but ask, So, who's the last person you expected to see? My sixth-grade teacher, Mrs. Whittier. Her gaze uh, turned to his profile. Why? Well, considering she died over 20 years ago, she'd be the absolute last person I expected to see. <laughs> Sienna did not laugh at his joke. He opened the door to his office, flipped the light on, and then stood aside to allow her to enter. Vaughn noted her serious expression in her body language. A twinge of guilt gripped him. He cleared his throat. You said it was important. I'm all ears, Doc. She frowned. Why do you call me that? Less formal than Dr. Lambert. You could just call me Sienna. I could, Vaughn agreed. But after our last meeting, I figured all possibility of a friendship between us was out the window. That wasn't my fault. He nodded. You're right. It was mine. When he didn't continue, they lapsed into silence. I can't believe how comfortable they are, she exclaimed suddenly. And they stay in place no matter what you're doing. Trust me, I've tried lots of things to test them out, and they haven't budged. Vaughn was baffled. What? Best kept secrets. They're incredible. It's amazing. I couldn't find one thing wrong with them. Consumers are going to love these things. If all goes well with the men's line, I think Dexter Clothier should seriously consider developing a woman's line. Granted, your pitch is still off, but he held up his hands. Wait a minute. You came to my office at almost 8.30 at night, pulled me out of a meeting with my team to tell me you've tried on men's underwear? 
Not just try them, love them, she clarified. I'm serious. I don't doubt it, he countered. I even came up with a pitch for them. You want to hear it? Vaughn leaned against his desk. He still looked incredulous. By all means, Doc, enchant me. Okay. Sienna paced a few feet from his desk. She held up her hands in excitement. Best kept secrets. So seductively comfortable, even a woman would wear them. Vaughn opened his ah. mouth to speak, but she cut him off. Well, that's all I came to tell you. I wore them, I like them, and I think, by your standard, that makes me qualified to give my opinion now. And my opinion is that you create ads consumers will be able to connect and identify with. We've really got an amazing product here, Mr. Devereaux. Granted, the line can speak for itself, but I don't think it should have to. Before he could comment, she walked out. He was still leaning against his desk, feeling like he'd just witnessed a tornado blow through his office, ebbing as quickly as it arrived. Annoyance crept into him, but it wasn't directed at her. He'd missed the opportunity to apologize for his behavior when they first met. Not that she had given him much time to utter a syllable, much less the full-blown sentiment. That being said, he was very impressed. You... Sienna Lambert are unusual. Vaughn looked at uh, uh-huh. shook his head in awe. Walking around his desk, he sat in his chair and put his feet up. Retrieving his cell phone from his back pocket, he held down the second button on his phone, activating the speed dial. When Carlton picked up the phone, Vaughn quickly replied, How can I not like her? She's completely unpredictable and looks better in men's underwear than I do. There was a few seconds of silence before his buddy spoke. Whoa, how'd you get her out of yours, uh, out of hers and into yours? I didn't even think you two were talking. When did you and the psychologist, not my underwear, Carl, the client's underwear? So she and Dexter are. Vaughn let out an exasperated sigh, which in all honesty he wasn't sure was directed at his best friend or himself. Sienna tried to shut me up. She even came up with a tagline for the ad to boot. He couldn't keep the admiration out of his voice. And she was right. It is better than mine. So now what? Chalk it up to lesson learned and move on? You know me better than that. Dr. Lambert and I started to become friends before I messed it up. We're going to finish what we started. And that's it. Mm, oh, my goodness. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're what welcome. a good read. Oh, my goodness, not only well written, but very well read. I was thank sitting you. here listening and hanging on and wondering what's going to happen <laughs> next. And a psychologist as well, somebody who can and can read into your motives and your intents, even if you try to hide them. So that is very interesting, an interesting matchup there. Very intriguing interview with love. What are readers saying Lisa, about Interview with Love, what do they tell you they appreciate most about the story? Um, so far, it's actually been well-received. Um, I've gotten pretty much five-star reviews. Um, I've got them all posted on Amazon.com. Uh, basically, what they're saying was it was a really good, feel-good type of story. It, it wasn't um, what they expected. The characters were very, very well-written. Um, one lady uh, who I talked to in a book club discussion she you know told me that she usually just reads street lit and she's like at first when Mm -hmm. i saw your book i kind of thought that you know interview with love the name was kind of hokey you know but then she said i actually sat down and read it and she's like you know i was really intrigued by the characters i really could not put it down so i found that you know to be the highest one of the highest compliments that i could get uh, because she didn't you know she doesn't even you know usually step out of yeah you know the, the genre that she likes, and then she gave uh-huh. me a chance. I was very just appreciative of the fact that she even, you know, read it, much less liked it. Wow. Congratulations, Lisa. I want to let our off-the-shelf listeners know that we are interviewing our very special guest today, Lisa Watson. She's the author of the book Switch, The Reunion, Watch Your Back, An Interview with Love. And we were just talking about Interview with Love. She was nominated for an AFRAM 
Festival Literary Book Award, and her a, a book that she an anthology that she contributed a story to Love Is Blind earned its way onto Essence Magazine's bestseller list. And Lisa Watson is online at www.lisawatson.com. Again, that's lisawatson.com. Please go over and visit her. Even as we finish out uh, today's interview, Lisa, would you please let our listeners, before we go further, and I want to remember to ask you at the end of the show, let them know where they can pick up copies of your books, your latest Interview with Love, and your other books um, and anthology, Switch, The Reunion, and Watch Your Back. Sure. Um, the books are available on Amazon.com. Interview with Love is available on uh, blackexpressions.com. They're available at all major bookstores and uh, their websites and a lot of independent booksellers. Um, if they don't have the book, they can actually order it for you. Um, so it's pretty much everywhere. Okay. And now I want to take some time to talk about an upcoming event for our off-the-shelf listeners that I'm sure many of you would be interested in. Uh, and even though it's a, a romance uh, writers con- book writers convention, people, writers and readers who enjoy all types of genres can go to this uh, convention and gain something from it. You'll walk away with some type of a benefit I've never attended. Lisa Watson has attended, so that is a reason that we're happy to have her on, as so she can discuss this convention that that is uh, it is in Los Angeles, April the sixth through the tenth of this year, and it's a uh, RT, which is Romantic Times Book Lovers Convention. Again, this year it's in Los Angeles, April the sixth through the tenth, and it runs for of course that five days, and this. This book publishing industry, I know romance is the number one selling genre of fiction, and it, each year it pulls in about $10 billion, which is quite a quite a bit of loot. But, Lisa, can you tell us some more about the uh, Romantic Times Book Lovers Convention? How long has it been going on? Who are some of the authors that are expected to be there this year? And are you going to be giving a workshop or anything while you're there? Um, actually, uh, this is RT's 28th uh, convention. Uh, RT has been around for many, many years, and um, I could talk all day on this subject, but um, in addition to being an author that's going to be there, I wear two hats. I'm also a co-publicist for the RT Book Lovers Convention, um, so my job is to help uh, secure interviews for the authors that are actually attending the convention while they're there, um, and to help promote uh, the convention uh, to the local uh, residences, and you know, it's in a different it's in a different city every year. So this year we will be in Los Angeles. Last year we were in Columbus. Uh, the next year we're going to be in Chicago. Um, so they're in a different city every year, and this is you know one of the big uh, industry events of the year. We're having over 400 best-selling authors that will be in attendance wow. this year. Um, we have a little bit to offer for everybody. We have over 125 different workshops, and in these workshops, you you know, you can sit down, you can talk to the best-selling authors, the industry professionals. We're going to have editors here, publishers, booksellers, librarians. So it kind of just you know brings everyone uh, into the same place at the same time. And the uh, workshops that we have. They range anywhere from, you know, how to write and sell romantic fantasy to, you know, uh, finding the right historical setting for your book to, you know, people that are, you know, wanting to know more about the business side, uh, stalking that wild agent, uh, media and marketing, uh, what RT wants, what authors need to know, um, collaborating and co-authoring. I mean, it's a little bit of everything, and it's not, you know, we have so many different genres. There's mystery, there's thrillers, uh, there's erotica, there's Christian fiction and inspirational, there is historical, uh, and even for the first time this year, we're having young adult, we're having a young adult track, so you will be meeting a lot of young adult authors will be there, and they will be having a special book fair and workshops uh, tailored for teens, so it's a little bit of everything for everybody. And then there's you know parties and stuff. There's um, different ways to meet and greet your 
best-selling authors that you want to get them to sign your books. We're also having a soap opera ice cream social where there will actually be uh, soap operas turn writers. Uh, Eileen Davidson from The Young and the Restless will be there. Uh, Jacqueline okay. Zeman from General Hospital. Catherine Hennessy um, from Days of Our Lives will be there. And uh, for what I hear, quite a few more. So um, it's definitely a, not to miss aspiring writers. If you're trying to, you know, get in uh, touch with what you need to know to, you know, hopefully get your novel published, this is the best place to do it. Uh, in addition to wow. the registration, they also have day passes available and a big, huge book signing on Saturday from 11 to 2 where all of the authors that will be there will be sitting down in one big room at one time that are going to be uh, selling their books and signing them. You can bring old copies of your favorite books. Um, ah. So, yeah, definitely not to be missed. Brenda Jackson will be here. L.A. Banks will be here. Catherine Coulter is actually coming uh, for the first time. Dean Koontz will be there. Um, okay. Yeah, so we've got, you know, authors that are even coming in from, uh, you know, from Australia will be there. Karen mm. uh, Mill um, writes sci-fi. Karen Miller writes sci-fi. She's coming in from um Australia, Nikki Carter will be there, uh, Holly Black, she wrote the Spiderwick Chronicles, uh, she'll be there, Heather Graham, Mary Janice Davidson, uh, wow. so you just have a lot of just seriously big heavy hitters that are going to be at this convention, it's definitely not wow. to be missed. Wow, and I'm looking at the uh, the information that Lisa Watson sent me to our off-the-shelf listeners, uh, Would you and thank you, sent me uh, uh, quite a bit of of info for our off-the-shelf listeners. When you said editors would be there, it made a question jog up in my mind. I've gone to writers' conferences where would-be or writers who are trying to become published can either bring a couple of chapters of their book and they can sit down with an editor or a publisher, have them look it over, and the editor or the publisher will give them comments on it right away. And some authors at these types of events can have actually sold a book at, you know, to a publisher when they attend an event like this, is that opportunity going to be available at this year's RT Book Lovers Convention? Um, well, what it will be is, and this is for authors as well, aspiring authors, authors, um, what they can do is sign up for editor uh, or agent interviews. You've got basically five minutes to pitch your story. They won't really read over chapter um, samples or anything, but what you do is you come in, you sit down, you're face-to-face -face with them at a table, and you've got a few minutes to basically pitch your story idea, your manuscript, you you know, to pitch it to them. And if they're interested, you know, then they will give you your card, and then you can, you know, send that to them. Some of them you can actually email uh, a submission and a proposal to, and if you, you know, have to mail it, you know, in the snail mail, then you just basically have that two famous words on there that, you know, requested material. I can't stress this enough. This makes it so that your stuff is not, you know, just un unsolicited. If you have requested mm -hmm. material on there, it's because they've asked for it. And that, you know, is all the difference between, you know, your, you know, your manuscript getting read or put in a slush pile, which is glorified trash. Um, so definitely <laughs> you have the opportunity some of the evening um, evening activities, the balls, the parties, you know, the editors and agents will be there too. They'll be walking around um, in addition to the authors walking around. So you'll be able to talk and, you know, get up close and personal with a lot of people. And this is like I tell aspiring writers all the time, they ask, what can, you know, what can I do? What should I be doing? You should be attending these literary con conventions. They're your best bet to get up close and personal and surround yourself with, you know, like-minded people so that you can learn, you know, more about your craft, more about writing, how to do that perfect proposal, you know, how to, you know, find and land an agent. Because a lot of the publishing houses are requiring agents now um, yeah. as opposed to just unagented authors. And a lot of the publishers, they have their submission guidelines right on the uh, websites that they have. So you can see exactly what they're looking for right now and the proper way to, you know, submit your proposal for consideration for your manuscript. And for our off-the-shelf listeners, some of the topics that are going to be here, and this is that $99 day pass, 
where you can attend any of these workshops. Uh, it doesn't include the evening parties, but any of these workshops. Internet goodies to enrich your reading experience. Uh, what women want. Let's see. Purple prose taboo. There's an author ch- chat. Fabulous 40s. Uh, what is unfashionable is what other people wear. Uh, you can come out and celebrate the fabulous 40s. Rebel without a cause is a bad boy, really good for a girl. Uh, Reader's Appreciation Workshop, Confessions of a Romance Writer Who Done It. These are just some of the many workshops and chats and different things that they're going to have. And they will be, you know, discussing the print book industry as well as the electronic e-books, chats, how to promote market your books uh, on the Internet. And this is for mainstream publishers, indie, indie publishers, and as Lisa said, all different types of genres. And, and the photos, oh, my goodness, with all of the uh, of previous uh, Romantic Times uh, book conventions, if you see how many people come out to these conventions, it is just a swarm of people who come out. So you can bring your friends, come out as a group, or come by yourself, and just spend in either the whole week or just spend an entire day enjoying yourself at the world. Manic Times Book Lovers Convention, which again is in Los Angeles this year, and it's there from April the 6th to the 10th. You can go and check out their website to get more information uh, on this upcoming event, which Lisa is a co-publicist for. So congratulations to you on that. Uh, Lisa, how did you, to give our off-the-shelf listeners some encouragement who might have they might think this getting landing a book publisher is just too much work. How did you land your book publisher? Did you go through a literary agent? Years ago you didn't always have to do that, but now that's becoming right. more the norm. Did you what was the process like for you landing a book publisher? Well actually, um, Denise, it was literally just right place, right time. I actually met one of my best friends now who also assists with the uh R T publicist. Uh, Pat Simmons. She writes Christian fiction. I met her, oddly enough, at a literary convention. I met her at Romance Slam Jam in 2002. She and I were there for the you know weekend convention, and I ran into her when she was on her way out of a one-on-one interview with an editor, where she had pitched a story idea to them, and they said they liked it, and but they thought maybe an anthology would be a good fit and for her to go get two other authors, make sure one of them was well-established, and then, you know, another newbie. So I literally ran uh, into her as she was coming out of that meeting, and she was like, hey, want to write a book with me? And I'm like, sure. Wow. So that's kind of how we got started and we got published originally. And um, so it literally is, you know, when I say these literary conventions could, you know, be the catalyst for something greater, I'm not kidding because it happened to me. So I know for a fact that, you know, it's possible. And, you you know, and plus you meet some intriguing and very, you know, dynamic people that could, you know, become your friends. And, you know, Pat as well as another friend I met at the convention now, you know, they're my critique buddies. So we kind of, you know, are like-minded. We're all writers. We all bounce ideas off each other, and we help each other with, you know, looking over our material. So, I mean, you just never know. You know, one of these what-if things could turn into something that, you know, could definitely propel you um, on your way to becoming a published author. Well, and, Lisa, and, 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 and so Pat didn't, you two didn't even know each other. That no, is amazing. we didn't know each just, other. We kind of just, just connected over the weekend. You want to write a book? I know, literally, it's, I am I am not kidding, Denise, verbatim, that's exactly what she said, and, you know, she and I are crazy enough where we just hit it off over the weekend, her husband was there, I got a chance to meet him, he's just as crazy, um, so we kind of all just kind of got to be good friends, I met Leslie Estelle there, uh, who's writing also as L.A. Banks, and uh, she is definitely a phenomenal person, and you know, oh, we I really just writing. see oh, a lot of these people good. every year. Yes. Yeah, because she's going to be oh. at the convention. A couple of other people, uh, Kimberly K. Terry, uh, Brenda Jackson. I mean, a lot of these people we see year in and year out. And, you know, I've been able to talk to them, pick their brain a little bit about things. Um, so it's just been, just changed my life, literally, for the better. Wow. 
Are your books available for our off the shelf listeners in ebook? I'm hearing more and more about these ebook readers. I'm hearing more people say, I'm going to go out and get one. Are your books available in ebook or audio book format? And if they are, how can our off the shelf listeners get a copy in ebook or audio format of your book? Well, they're your actually not available. I think that's pretty much up to the publisher. But trust me, I, I am in the process of writing uh, an ebook that you know, I'm going to publish soon. Um, as soon as I'm finished on the book that I'm writing on a deadline right now. Um, but, yeah, I, that's definitely a direction that I definitely want to go to. I hear that a, a lot. Uh, people have, you know, Kindles and other e-readers. Yes. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just all about the convenience, and a lot of them want to, you know, just quickly download your book. And I would love to have, you know, e-books out. And it's definitely, uh, you know, some something that I'm going to be moving toward definitely in the immediate future. And speaking of new material, as we as we come down to the last four minutes, can you give us a glimpse? I know you said you're working on a story that you have a deadline on. Could you give us mm-hmm. a glimpse in what that is about, when that will be out? Sure. And then your e-book, if you could just give us a glimpse into that. Um, as far as the story I'm working on right now, Brace for Impact, that's actually going to be a romantic suspense, a more like an intrigue. Uh, so I'm kind of tailoring that to be a little more fast-paced, uh, than the, the the ones I've written in the past. And this story centers around um, uh, Marina Benson. She's a doctor. And uh, Coulter McKendrick, he is actually a special forces in the Army. And he's been injected with a biotoxin uh, that literally gives him six days to live and, unless he can find the antidote. So he mm. uh, basically makes his way back to Marina, and they have a lot of history. They used to, you know, be in a couple, and they, you know, love birds and all, but he was fearing for her safety because he, you know, did such a dangerous job, and he ended up breaking up with her. And uh, three years later, he shows up, you know, out the blue on her doorstep in almost a death's door. So she has, you know, oh. she's a scientist. She, you know, has has got this big Herculean task in front of her. She needs to come up with the antidote or he's dead in six days. So that's what that Ooh. story kind of centers on. Okay. When when do you expect that one out? Will it be out this year or next year? Um, more than likely. Uh, I have uh, My agent is shopping that around right now. Um, okay. I, I am definitely hoping to get that, if not this year, definitely next year. Um, so that's okay. what I'm working on right now, and it's definitely um, – going to be just a really great read. Everybody that, you know, I've talked to about it thus far is like, oh, gosh, when is that coming out? So, you know, I'm working on it. (laughs) All right. Brace for Impact, uh, off-the-shelf listeners. Brace for Impact by Lisa Watson. Brace for Impact. And then the e-book, do you have it, or is that just something you like to do and you don't have the concept for the book yet? Um, That's not, I haven't really come up with a a clear premise on the story for that yet. Um, yeah, I have a couple of ideas in mind, but I really haven't sussed them out yet. Uh, but that's definitely next on the to-do list. Oh, and to please let us know where what are some of the social networks where off-the-shelf listeners can come and check you out and connect with you, Lisa. Are you on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, et cetera? Yeah, I am on uh, Facebook, NC for North Carolina, NC Lisa Watson on Facebook. I am on Twitter, LYWatson007 on Twitter. Um, and so you can definitely 007. check me out. Yeah, <laughs> I am a James Bond buff, what can I say? Um, okay. So, yeah, you can definitely check me out on either one of those. You can also email me uh, at LYWatson007 at hotmail.com. If you have any questions or, you know, you want to learn more about the convention, you can go to rtbookreviews.com or you can email me, and I'd be happy to send you information. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness, I enjoyed your first interview, and I enjoyed this one just, just, just as much. So to off-the-shelf listeners, we have been interviewing a phenomenal writer and and just a beautiful spirit, Lisa Watson. She's the author of the book Switch, The Reunion, Watch Your Back, an interview with love, and she's working on Brace for Impact, which she hopes to have out either this year or next year, and look for an e-book coming from her. She's not sure yet the, uh, the, the the title and she's not started on it, but look for an e-book from Lisa Watson as well. Anybody interested in attending this year's Romantic Times Book Lovers Convention, and I do mean thousands and thousands of people and hundreds of best-selling authors, 
do come out on the New York Times and USA Today bestseller list. I think Dean Kuhn's name enough is probably pulling <laughs> tons and tons of people. But that is in Los Angeles, at, uh, April the 6th to the 10th. Uh, and uh, we're, we're, the commission is at the Westin Bonaventure Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. They will have workshops and parties and book signings and chats, and editors will be there and publishers and authors and, and book lovers and all authors of all types of genres. If you love books, this is a place for you to be. Early next month, you just got next month, April the 6th of the 10th, so I would check it out now so you can get your hotel rooms and make your travel arrangements. Thank you so much, Lisa Watson, for being here with us and for uh, opening up your schedule so we could uh, rearrange the schedule. I appreciate that. To our off-the-shelf listeners, thank you for tuning in. I I appreciate your loyalty. Please go out and tell other people to tune in to off the Shelf, which we're regularly on Saturdays, and we will be on this Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning, and we're so happy to have Lisa here with us on this Thursday. Tell your friends about Off the Shelf uh, and to ask them to tune in as well. And please, please, please go support Lisa Watson at www.lisawatson.com. This woman is full of information. She's a great great storyteller, and she can get you information on the Romantic Times Book Lovers Convention. Award. She's just loaded with fabulous information for anybody who loves to write or who loves to read. And I want to tell you, as I always do, remember you're truly blessed and you're so, so incredibly valued and so loved. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. And I'll see you Saturday at 11 o'clock. Bye for now. And Lisa, thank you, and I'll shoot you an email. Thanks for having me, Denise. I appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. Be blessed. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.